Good evening and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're so glad that you are all with us uh, and able to join us and open up the Word of God together for a little while and uh, see what God has in store for us. Praise God. We're excited about what God is doing in these days, in this age where people are hungry and thirsty. And uh, we want to kind of continue a little bit of what we preached on Sunday to a certain extent and uh, talk to you a little bit about what God can, will say to us prior to us going into a battle. Um, in, if you watch any sports movie or you have been a part of sports and you're going into a, a big game or a climactic game of the season, Oftentimes, a coach will come before the team and begin to uh, give you a pep talk, if you will, or a challenging speech before the game. And I believe that God does that for us as well. And so I think it's very timely that we are living in a day and age where we are in a fight, like we talked about on Sunday, for the souls of men, for our uh, spirits that that. God would just lead us and direct us in this battle. We can't avoid the battle, so we might as well follow the Lord in the battle. And uh, so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to turn, have you turn to 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And we'll start at verse number 15. This is the Lord talking to, well, several people. Um, I won't mention their names. Some of them I may not even pronounce the right way. In verse 14, I'll let you read that and guess the saying names on their own. But then in verse 15, he says this, Hearken ye all Judah and all ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go you down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand you still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Again, that's Second Chronicles 20, 15 through 18, or 15 through 17. And uh, I want to just share with you what I believe is God's pep talk prior to a battle. God's pep talk prior to a battle. And uh, would you just uh, take a moment with me and pray and just ask the Lord to lead us over the next few minutes. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be together tonight online. I'm asking you, Lord, to go into every home, every car, Lord, wherever somebody's watching or listening to this broadcast, I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to speak to them, encourage them, lift them up, Lord, and give them the uh, uh, boldness to step into the battle that you've chosen for each one of us and allow us to be victorious and stand upon the promises of your word. We'll love you and we'll praise you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Praise God. I believe that this uh, passage of scripture uh, we can take and embrace for ourselves 
um, before the the battles that we face, because everybody is facing a battle. Um, if you if you think you're being overwhelmed in a battle, just just hold on, because there's others that are dealing with battles as well, and together we'll get through to the other side. Uh, because I believe the Lord will take us and lead us and guide us there. But there's a couple of things that he shares with us that I want us to take and embrace. And I pray that it will embolden you to stand strong in this day and age for the Lord and do like uh, Paul told the Ephesians to do in Ephesians 6. And having done all, stand. Stand therefore. And uh, the first thing that I, I noticed that the Lord says uh, to Jehoshaphat and the children of Judea in Jerusalem is be not afraid. Be not afraid. Do not fear. Uh, in verse 15. Um, fear is a paralyzing mechanism of the enemy to cause us to pause, to hesitate, um, the to be so consumed with the what ifs of life and the what might happen in life that we get so paralyzed from moving because we're so fearful of what's coming next. And the Lord is, in, in uh, Philippians, Paul tells us, be careful for nothing or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and fasting, or by prayer and supplication, let your requests be no made known unto God. I believe that uh, our fear has the ability to put us into a situation where we don't ever take the chance to step into that thing that God has called us to. And uh, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Um, when we operate in fear, it affects our faith. And there's so much that we do by faith. We hear by faith. We listen by faith. We obey by faith. We follow after him by faith. We're saved through by grace through faith. Faith is the thing that uh, carries us in the middle of the unknown. It binds our nothingness to his almightiness. And so if our faith is affected or contaminated or restricted then, by fear, then fear wins out. And so God is telling Jehoshaphat and the children of Judah and Israel or in Jerusalem, uh, don't be afraid. And he's telling us tonight, don't be afraid. Don't fear uh, the ramifications of what's going on around us. Don't fear your situation. Don't fear. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly where I'm at. Uh, the Bible says that he is with us even unto the end of the earth. And so sometimes I think that we get so wrapped up in um, that that we're fighting or that we're battling that situation that we're dealing with that we miss out on what God is trying to do because it we, we get paralyzed in fear of just taking that step. And uh, because uh, fear is also predicated upon um, our idea of being in control. Um, I want to know where I'm going. I want to know what I'm doing. I want to have a plan in place. I want to see the end before I begin uh, we want to have the blueprint in place before we begin to build. And God says, I am the blueprint. Just start building. And by faith, we'll do it together. And we have to trust the great architect 
in accomplishing our uh, the, the thing that he wants to in us. And, and so I, I want to challenge somebody, don't be fearful in this day. I know it's if you read the news, you listen to the, the radio or watch anything on TV, it can be a very fearful, you know, what's happening next, what's going on around us, you know, what what is what are we going to have to deal with next because we've dealt with so much in the last six or eight months. But uh, I, I'm confident tonight that God has everything in control. And whether we realize that or not, by faith, I stand upon it because I know that in the midst of every calamity, every pandemic, every whatever has happened in the world, God has always been there. He's always known it. And he, always know, he always knows where his people are. And so I challenge you tonight, don't be fearful. Uh, but just by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Number two, God says something here that uh, he says, be not afraid, nor dismayed because of the great multitude. Uh, don't be dismayed. Dis dismay is basically God saying, don't stress out about it. Don't become overcome by it. Don't be distraught. Don't be in tears. Don't be troubled or concerned about what's going on because, uh, be, or what's around you. Um, because here's what happens when we allow dismay to come in. Dismay is an unsettling. It's a, it's an anxiousness to a certain extent, but dismay always derails determination, which always then derails your direction and determination or discipline. And, and when you become dismayed or you start worrying or you start panicking or you start stressing out about something, your discipline usually suffers for it or it gets derailed. And discipline or determination is what keeps you going in the direction that God wants for you to operate in. Um, there's some times where you just need to put your hand, hand to the plow and continue to move and that discipline get, can be derailed if we're, or our focus can be turned to a different thing if we're so consumed by or stressed out by that which we're facing. Now, in both of these cases, do not fear nor be dismayed. Both of those, I say that, but I know it's not easy. I know it's very easy to become fearful. I know it's very easy to become dismayed or to become distraught, uh, troubled, concerned, whatever you, word you want to use that's synonymous with dismay. I understand that it's not um, easy to overcome that, but our challenge is, is in the midst of that, if we'll just keep our determination or our discipline in place in the midst of starting to feel anxious, um, we'll, we'll come out on the other side. It's been promised that he'll, he'll lead us through from one side to the other side of the battle. I, I find it interesting oftentimes um, when somebody tries to diet, uh, and I'm talking weight loss kind of diet, when they try to diet, all of a sudden they begin to uh, get nervous about something. And what's the first thing that we go to? We go to, instead of going to grab some carrots or something out of the refrigerator, our bodies automatically crave, you know, the potato chips and the things that are unhealthy, the things that, that aren't good. Well, why? Because our determination or our discipline has been distracted or derailed by our dismay or our frustration or our, or our concern or our trouble. And, 
It's the reason why people stress eat. It's the reason why people get headaches because they get stressed out because dismay brings all kinds of things into your life. And God is saying, listen, don't worry about it. Don't be dismayed about it. I've got it in control. And then that's tied to the second part of verse number 15. And the reason why we, we can live life without fear, without dismay, is because what he says here, the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. Um, sometimes we try to fight on our own. Um, oftentimes we try to fight on our own. It's something that is, for lack of a better term, it's inbred in us to try to figure things out on our own. And, and when we do, uh, it usually causes us problems. And part of the reason that we try, I believe, to figure things out and, and on our own and go our own way is because oftentimes uh, we're trained at the very young age to learn and figure out. Uh, I mean, you, you, you think about our schooling, our education. We're giving formulas, mathematical formulas, to figure out mathematical problems, story problems, uh, our... Uh, one thing that we, well, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of us didn't enjoy in math, but uh, trying to figure out, you know, John and Susie have this much and this much is taken and this much is done, now figure out. And, and it's almost, we take that principle of figuring out word problems and we're figuring out different you know, equations or, or things and we bring that into our spiritual life. And instead of saying, okay, God, I don't get this, it's all yours, we say, Okay, let's figure out the problem. Let's let's do our what has been trained in us to do. Now let's let us begin to do it on our own instead of letting God take care of it. And the problem with that is that God sees the entire picture. We're seeing one little battle. So for like Spirit of Grace Church, um, as a church, there's battles that we fight together. But we've got several different battles going on within the body of Christ. And Jesus knows each and every one of those battles. And I can't see your battle all the time. And you can't see my battle. And so to try to figure out our battles on our own, God, because all of us, according to Scripture, are parts of a building that are fitly framed together. And so your battle may not affect me directly, but indirectly, because we're connected together as the building of the Lord, your battle affects me and my battle affects you. And so we have to understand we can't get worried about what's going on around us. We just have to trust that God sees all of it together. He sees the big picture of it, and he's wanting us to do what he wants us to do in order to make all of us become interconnected by faith and allow us to be successful and overcome uh, our individual battles be, because we want to win our corporate war, if you will. We want to be on the other side and, and have the deliverance of God and the promise of God uh, operating in our lives. So the battle is not yours. Stop trying to fight your battle. It's not yours. It is God's battle to fight. He has promised to do the fighting on your behalf. So all we have to do is surrender ourselves to him and allow him to lead and guide us. So the first thing, don't fear, don't be dismayed. And the reason why we can, we can release fear and dismay uh, is because the battle's not ours, it's God's. So that then leads us to verse number 17. 
You shall not need to fight in this battle. And then here's three other things that he asks us to do. He asks us to set ourselves. Set ourselves. That speaks to uh, positioning ourselves. Where we should be, and we, we, we spoke some on this on Sunday, but we shouldn't be on the sidelines. We should be smack in the middle of the battle. We should be at the front lines. We should be where God is trying to overcome. And we should be tools and instruments of God in the midst of this battle. And so we need to position ourselves. We, because this is the reason why position is so important. Position always precedes possession. In other words, if I'm going to give a gift to somebody, they need to be in a position to receive it. Until they're in a position to receive it, they'll never be able to possess the gift that I have for them. And it's the same in battle. Until we position ourselves in such a way for God to create or to give us the possession of the victory that he has for us, we have to be positioned properly. And here's the problem when some of us have. We, we, we get into a place where we're not positioned properly. We, we try to step out of the main uh, firing squad lane, if you will, in the, the main field of, of battle. And we try to sit on the sideline for a while. And while we're there, there's no way that you're going to win the battle by not being in the battle. We must, be, we must be positioned within the fight. And the only way to be positioned in the fight is to keep our hand in the hand of the commander-in-chief, God Almighty himself. And we have to remember that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are powerful. We, we try to use carnal weapons in order to overcome our situations. Uh, and your carnality, or your, and when I say that, I'm not talking in a negative fashion. I'm just saying in our fleshly ideas, in, in our natural abilities, if all we're going to do is try to fight in the natural realm, we'll never succeed because uh, God's not operating primarily on a natural level. He's operating on a spiritual level, the kingdom of heaven level. And until we have the opportunity to step into that kingdom of heaven avenue and position ourselves for victory we need to we, we will miss out on what god has for us and we'll suffer and struggle and it doesn't mean that we're lost forever it just means that we're missing out on that moment of time when god is trying to speak to us and lead us into something different and so our position is very important the other thing i want you to notice there is god cannot position us he challenges us. He says, set yourselves. We have to do it. We have to position ourselves. We have to make up our minds. I'm not missing this. We have to make up our minds. I'm not taking a back seat at this time. We have to make up our minds that this is the time and the season where I'm going to be at attention, where I'm going to be involved, where I'm going to be engaged. Um, it's too easy and we're living in a day and an age where if people or if the enemy can get us to disengage, um, and, and not pray like we ought, and not worship like we ought, and not serve like we ought, and not give like we ought, then all of a sudden he begins to have the victory because we have now limited uh, what God is asking us to do. And so 
I encourage you to set yourself. Choose you this day, Joshua said, whom you will serve. And in serving him, that means you're going to have to uh, be involved. You're going to have to get in the middle of the battle. You're going to have to be involved in the field of fire and um, be positioned so that your possession can follow shortly thereafter. Once we have positioned ourselves, and this is probably, this next one is probably um, the more difficult one that we have um, to do, and that is simply this, stand ye still. Set yourselves and stand ye still. I, I believe that speaks to remaining in the position. Once you're positioned, remain in that position. Don't try to get out of it. Don't try to step away. Don't try to take a to, to go from the front seat to the back seat, so, so to speak. Get to a place where you're resting in your position and not in trying to maneuver and, and move away from where God is trying to, to have you operate. Because when you leave your position, you're leaving your promise. God's promise is, is if you will set yourself, he's going to come through for you. But when you begin to try to move, when you try to um, not sit still or stand still, not be in your position, you're removing yourself from the overarching promise of God to, to step in on your behalf. You see, there's some things that happen when, when uh, I've watched over the years that people are very quick to jump into the battle because they sense the presence of God. They feel the draw of the Holy Spirit. They feel the excitement of the kingdom of heaven operating in their lives. But then a day or two in and they're starting to wonder why this is happening and that is happening. And all of a sudden they kind of grow cold. And then all of a sudden what's happening is where they were in position, they have not, they have not stayed there. They have not stood still. They have started to, they've gotten fidgety. They've gotten, uh, I remember when we would do dramas and we had, uh, different scenes where we called them still shots and we would turn the lights off and everybody would get in their position and they would all freeze in place and then the lights would come on and it, and the, the the picture itself told a story uh, about the the scene that we were trying to portray and uh and what would it, it would be very very effective as long as nobody moved but if somebody became fidgety and that still shot, somebody started moving, it disrupted the whole concept of the scene and, and we missed the full and greatest impact of the message we were trying to send. And I believe it's kind of the same thing. We get to our position, we get in place, and then we need to freeze. We need to establish ourselves there. We need to get to that place because when the lights come on and the battle is raging, if we're standing still in the presence of God and we're standing in the promise of God, God will see us through and our story or our testimony or our message from our life will become that much more powerful because the power of God will move through us. So do not be, be afraid. Do not be dismayed. The battle's not yours. It's God's. Position yourself. And when you position yourself, then remain there. Stay positioned. Stand still. And then watch God work. See the salvation of the Lord with you. Watch God work. Um, here, I want to give you a, a kind of a saying 
or, or an adage, I guess, miracles are realized when miracles are recognized. Miracles are realized when miracles are recognized. If you're not watching God move, if you're not watching and, and listening and paying attention and, and experiencing the move of God or the miraculous of God, you're going to miss out on the miracle of God because miracles have to be real. In order for a miracle to be realized in your life, you have to recognize when the miracle is happening. Otherwise, you're, you're going to miss it. And, and, and what God is saying is if you'll get in position and you'll stay there in position and it's my battle that I'm going to fight, I'm going to reveal myself to you in miraculous ways. And we've seen this through our, uh, the expansion of our building. You know, back almost four years ago, we started a campaign and we declared that what God ordered, he would provide and miraculously. Uh, we look back now four years later and the finance that was there, the money that people gave, uh, we'd like to think that we did it, but God used us. We became instruments and tools of of the maneuvering of the power of God. And when you really sit down and think about it, what we gave as individuals over that period of time, both spiritually and financially, those were miraculous things that took place. But if we don't recognize them as miraculous, we don't realize the miracles that God has done. God has brought us, if you look back, for those that have been around Spirit of Grace Church or in your own lives, if you're watching elsewhere, look back in your own life and see where you came from to where you are today and recognize when miracles stepped in, where God stepped in and performed something that you could not have done on your own. And when you recognize those miracles, then you will realize the miraculous in your life and it emboldens you and you begin to see in the present situation how God begins to move and how God begins to operate and how the miraculous hand of God begins to uh, maneuver us into position for greater victory. I get excited when I see small signs of growth or small signs because I've seen God uh, perform the big things, but the big things are always predicated by little things that he does that sometimes we don't recognize, but when we do, it lets us get ready for a bigger miracle. And uh, I, I've seen God doing things. I, I've seen God operating in the small things of our lives, uh, a, a worship attitude here that wasn't there, a a listening aspect of our spirits that wasn't there before is now there. And so what we're really doing is we are recognizing the miraculous in our life. And when we recognize it, then we're going to realize it on a greater level. So we need to be able to watch God work, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord uh, for you and begin to see and operate, take up uh, inventory, I guess is the word, of what's going on in your spirit, in your life. Uh, I know things are weird right now. I, they're unprecedented. They're unheard of. Uh, we, we, we can't even wrap our minds around everything that's going on. But let me just challenge you to look for the things, the little things throughout the day that is a miracle of God. I'm breathing today. I'm moving today. I can hear. I can see. I'm doing things that really I have no business doing because 
um, because God triggered my heart and my blood and now my body is operating. Those are miracles. Um, I had my annual checkup today and you sit in, in a doctor's office and you realize how much the body functions and how every little thing works together uh, from the different types of blood cells to the different kinds of veins and arteries and organs and all of those kinds of things that are going on right down to our skin and our, you know, everything that the human body represents, we are walking miracles. And, and, and it's, um, it's amazing how often we can just begin to wonder or we begin to ask, well, God, how come you're not showing us more miracles? How come we're not seeing more? Every morning we look in the mirror, we're looking at a miracle. Um, science really can't explain how all the, the neutrons work within us and the nutrients and all of the stuff. They can scientifically explain sometimes how it operates, but what started, how does it work? And, and, and how does, it, it just is impossible to get down to the detail of how everything works together on their own, uh, except for the fact that God created the human body to function that way. And it's a miracle of God that we are in that position. And then the last thing that he tells us in this passage, um, kind of, I, I kind of picture it, um, well, uh, I, I'm a hockey fan, as, as most of you know, and one of the favorite movies that are out there is called Miracle, the story of the 1980 Olympic hockey team. And I, I picture Coach Herb Brooks standing before his players before they're getting ready to go out and play against the Soviet Union. And he goes into his long uh, pep speech there. And then at the, at the last of his speech, he says, okay, now let's go out and do it. And uh, that's what I believe God is saying here. Uh, tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord will be with you. Okay. He's now told us, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. This battle's not ours. Position yourself. Remain in that position. Uh, watch God work. And so because all of those promises are there, okay, let's go. Let's go take the battle. Let's go win the battle. Let's go uh, take uh, the power of God against the enemy of our souls. And then we'll begin to see the battle begin to um, kind of come our way and fall into place and we'll become uh, victorious. There's nothing like winning battles. There's nothing like winning fights. There's nothing like winning arguments. There's nothing like winning a board game. There's nothing like any of those uh, if you're competitive. Uh, I'm not at all, though, not me. Uh, no, I, I, I like to win. But when you win something, when you're, when you're, or when you've done your best, when something that was maybe not even a battle, but it was a challenge to come through, something to overcome, and you did it, there's something that rises up on the inside of you that makes you, to a certain extent, proud that you did it. And I know the Bible says, pride cometh before a fall and, and things of that nature. But I believe that God wants to make us confident in him. And so when we win our battles uh, in the spirit, uh, we can be proud that we were allowed ourselves to be used by God because our pride doesn't come in our own ability. Our pride comes in the fact that God uh, stepped on the scene and we can be proud of who God is. 
I can I can I can tell you today that that at least in my opinion, um, and I, and I've said this before, one of the things that most uh, Christians struggle with is their confidence in their relationship with God. If we could ever become confident in who we are in God and who God wants us to be, uh, I believe that we will turn this world inside out and uh, right side up. Since the disciples turned it upside down, we'll turn it right side up. I just believe that God, God wants confident people, not confident in themselves, but confident in what God is asking them to do. <clears throat> Simon Peter was a very confident man. Um, and throughout the ministry of Christ on earth, there were several times where Simon Peter had to be knocked down a few times. But when the time came for the message of messages to be preached, it was Simon Peter that stood up in Acts chapter 2 and boldly proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ to a people that had gathered around. And uh, did it make Simon Peter a perfect man? No, but he was operating in a confidence that God had already promised the victory, already promised that he would become a fisher of men, already promised that he would usher in uh, what we know as the church age. He, the Lord promised him that upon this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Simon Peter stepped forward in courage. And I, I believe he stepped forward in courage because he had experienced on several occasions this process of not being afraid, not being dismayed. The battle is not his, but God's. He got himself into the right place. He realized that, for instance, when he walked on water, he was in the right position by getting on water, but then he moved his position. He moved his eyes. He began to see the waves, and it went down, and, and he began to go down, and as soon as he went down, he reached back for the Lord and readjusted his what he was looking at and where he was positioned, and then he began oftentimes to see how God moved. And so I want to challenge you tonight, um, even though... It's a, it's a battle right now. Even though the situations of life um, are strenuous, that there are some things that are happening that are not enjoyable and we want to overcome them. Listen to the words of the Lord. Fight against the fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. Don't be upset. Don't be derailed from by from your discipline and your determination to serve him don't uh, don't fail to recognize that he's fighting for you it's really not the battles that we're facing in this day and age are really not between people but they're between principles they're between the principles of the kingdom of heaven and the principles of our enemy and so stand true stand strong within the confines of the word of god or in the in the power of the word of God. And I believe that if we will get ready and position ourselves and we'll listen to him and we'll remain in that position, God is going to open up uh, incredible uh, blessings in seasons of harvest, both individually and corporately. And so I want to, uh, I want to pray over us tonight. Uh, I know this is a little bit shorter, but that's okay. But I, I just want the... I want us to be successful as individuals 
And success to me is when we recognize and place our hand in the hand of the master and, and stand true to his word and are used for his glory. That's when we're successful. Jesus, I pray for each person that's listening to this tonight and watching this. I'm asking you, Lord, to move upon each one. Lord, there's some that seem to be facing major, major battles right now. There's families that are being torn apart. There's lives that are suffering. And I'm asking you, Lord, let the sweet peace of God settle into each one of our spirits and our minds. Lord, I come against the spirit of fear. You've not given us that. You've given us a sound mind and love. Lord, I'm asking you to uh, calm any nerves, calm any stress. Lord, come against anything that would cause dismay in us. Lord, because we want to recognize that the battle that we're in is not our battle, but it's your battle. We are just instruments and tools in your, in your war chest, that we are, we are light and salt in a world that needs to have light and salt. And so uh, I'm asking you to use us for your mighty glory. I'm asking to have you speak to us in the upcoming days of how to position ourselves exactly where you want us so that we can be used of your glory so that we can begin to see what you're doing and, and recognize the miraculous in and around us because lord you're doing such an incredible work in this day and age there's so much that's happening that we're not being able to see and and we're i'm asking you lord to let our spiritual eyes be opened even now to see what you're up to and be able to rejoice in it and help us to step forward in confidence and face our enemies with the faith and the, and the foundation of who you are in us. Because greater are you that's in us than they that are in the world. And we'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I just want to close this out now um, tonight. Thank you for joining us for about the last 40 minutes or so. But don't let yourself get bogged down with um, all of the news reports um, that are out there. Because in the midst of the, the news, there's miracles that are happening everywhere. God is, God is moving. And, and while we're maybe not seeing uh, that happen um, everywhere, but even downtown Minneapolis, there's been a major move of God uh, come, that has come out of the riots that we experienced back in May. There's been baptisms. There's been people that have come to know the Lord that previously did not know the Lord. And there's people that are going to Minneapolis for temporary basis, and they're finding God and then they're going back to wherever they've come from. And so the, the things of God are being spread all around the world, around our country, around our city and our communities. Uh, we just may not be able to see it all because it's not all being reported. It's not in the news. All the negative stuff is in the news every day. Um, it's one of the reasons why several weeks ago we fasted the media because uh, just it, it the media reports on certain things, but they don't catch the whole picture of everything all the time. Um, and, and so when we don't see the things that are happening, when we don't see the revival that has started to, 
to, to sweep across our nation when we when we're not seeing the miraculous being reported on, sometimes we don't think that it's there. And we end up like Elijah uh, sitting under a tree. Woe is me. We're just, you know, uh, just doing what we can to serve God and try to keep. But what did the angel tell um, Elijah? You know, look out among you and see and open up your eyes and you'll see a heavenly host all around you. There's more going on in the world for God today than there probably ever has been. It's just not totally at the forefront of our recognition because it's not being reported on. But but please know that in every situation, God is on the move. He's doing some mighty things. We've got more people calling the church, more people visiting the church, more people checking us out online, checking our website. People are hungry and thirsty. God is drawing hearts and souls to the kingdom of God and I want to be a part of that great revival that he has, uh, has that he has started, that it's already stirring up. And I believe we're going to be witnesses of it. Praise God. God bless you. If you don't have a home church and you're watching online and you're local, come and visit us in Coon Rapids, right off of Woodcrest Drive and Highway 10. And uh, we'd love to have you on Sunday morning at 1030. A great time in the presence of God. We love you all. God bless you. And we will talk to you next Wednesday online.